Hello, I'm Alexander, and you're listening to Shout, the podcast for South Yorkshire Fire and Rescue. In this series, I'm speaking to frontline staff from across the service and asking them about some of the life-saving incidents they've been to. Although I'm speaking to individual staff members, every guest I speak to is part of a bigger team. They are all ordinary people working together to save lives, people and animals. Then the rescue went from rescuing one female to, right, how do we get these two massive dogs out of the bedroom now? Because to us, a, a life's a life, whether it's a, a, an animal or a human, we'll, we'll risk what we can to, to save a savable life. In today's episode, I'm speaking to Adam Dilks. He's been a firefighter for more than 12 years and is currently a crew manager at Rotherham Fire Station. I asked him to tell me about a day when he helped save a life. I asked him what it felt like to attend an incident where someone's life was at risk, how it feels to come away from something as dramatic as that, and what it means to him to be in a job where he can make a real difference. It was a a rescue of a female from a first floor bedroom window, Uh, so it was a night shift. Uh, early hours of the morning, probably around about two o'clock, half past two, um, and we got mobilised from station. Uh, and as we were driving, control got in touch with us to say that they were providing uh, fire survival guidance to the occupier. So, as a crew, you know that it's a serious incident that you get into where somebody's life does depend on you getting there quickly and rescuing them. So um, when you get a call like that and you're in the back of the fire appliance and they tell you that you know it's quite a serious incident, how does that feel when you're on the way to an incident like that? On the, on the actual turnout sheet that we get, it gives a very, very brief description of, of the incident that you're attending. So it'll tell you like, that it's a premise fire, property fire. Uh, and it'll tell you whether there are persons reported or not. Now, sometimes it will say persons reported, uh, and then you'll get there, and fortunately everybody's out of the property, so you have a bit of a sigh of relief. However, when you're driving there and you're getting more information from control that there's that they are providing fire survival guidance to the occupier, you know that there is no way that they're going to get out of that property until you turn up. So... The heart rate's obviously elevated. There's much more of a sense of urgency. The BA wearers in the back are getting their breathing apparatus sets on um, and getting under air so that we're ready to go as soon as we get straight off that appliance. After I found out that they were giving fire survival guidance to the occupier, I requested whereabouts in the property they were because that, again, can save us some valuable seconds because uh, we can get in get them out as soon as possible. Uh, Fortunately, this person was in a first floor bedroom window and as we arrived at the property, I could see that the window was slightly ajar. There was nobody in the window. So I felt that that's where they're gonna be. There was smoke coming out of the window. And as we ran up to the front door, the lady's head popped up out of the window. You could visibly see that she, she was suffering from smoke inhalation. Uh, soot around her mouth and nose her her eyes were bright red and streaming with water 
So we knew it was uh, time critical to get in there and, and get her out. We decided that she needed to be out there and then. There wasn't time to get in the front door, commit BA teams to actually fetch her out. So it was a case of quickly grab the ladder off the uh, off the appliance, pitch the ladder up to the window, a firefighter go up to the top and she took some encouraging to come to come down because uh, at the time we didn't realise that she'd got two large uh, like bull mastiff sized dogs in the uh, in the bedroom with her and she was reluctant to leave them even though she was clearly suffering from smoke inhalation and there was smoke coming out the bedroom window so we had to reassure her that we wouldn't leave just leave the dogs but that she needed to come down the ladder now uh, so we assisted her down the ladder into the back of the fire engine, provided her with some uh, oxygen therapy, so an, an oxygen mask to try and replenish some of the oxygen that she'll have lost. And uh, then the rescue went from rescuing one female to, right, how do we get these two massive dogs out of the bedroom now? Because to us, a, a life's a life, whether it's a, a, an animal or a human, we'll, we'll risk what we can to, to save a savable life. Uh, so the incident moved on then to dealing with whatever was on fire. They could see a glow around the back of the property. So it was actually myself that ran round the back of the property with the hose reel while the two BA crews were trying to gain entry into the front door. And I could see that it was a fire that had originated from outside and actually spread via the back door and the back window to then set the kitchen on fire as well. Uh, so I quickly threw as much water on onto that as I could, knocked it down considerably, didn't extinguish it. By this time, there's a lot of simultaneous activity going off. So we've got somebody managing the appliance, so water, radio messages. We've got somebody dealing with the lady that we've got out the window. We've got two BAs trying to gain entry through the front door to put the internal property fire out. Um, and so, yeah, we knocked that, crews gained entry. We had a firefighter back up on the top of the uh, ladder, trying to reassure these two dogs that were quite frantic, trying to get out of the window. There was no way that they'd been able to be carried down. One, because of the frantic state that they were in. Two, due to the size and weight of them, it wouldn't be safe. Um, so the plan was keep them in the bedroom, extinguish the internal fire, close some of the internal doors downstairs, get our powerful fan off, open some of the windows upstairs and drive the smoke out of the property or the majority of the smoke out of the property so that the dogs could then be released from the bedroom and allowed to, to come downstairs. So we did that. Um, I ended up having four uh, BA wearers, breathing apparatus wearers in two upstairs, two downstairs, uh, and once the property was relatively clear, I instructed them to open the door, but to get out of the way of the dogs, because you never know how a dog's gonna react, especially a big dog like that. And um, and the dogs came rushing straight downstairs, straight out of the front door. Uh, by that time, we'd got police on scene, ambulance on scene, uh, another appliance had arrived from Dern Station, I believe. Uh, 
so managed to capture the dogs and then it was a, a case of ensuring that the fire was fully extinguished, ventilate the property and then await our uh, fire investigation officer to try and establish as to why this serious incident had, had happened in the first place. What happens after? Do you, do you find out what happens to someone you've saved like that? There has been instances in the past where if somebody has gone to hospital, we have given a, a phone call to try and find out the, the state of them. Um, but we don't tend to find out. In my opinion, I've seen people with similar sorts of uh, smoke inhalation as that lady had. I believe that she would have spent the night in hospital, de definitely. But I would be confident to say that she would have, that she would have survived. Um, if she'd have been in that property any longer, then who who would have known? I mean, fortunately, the, the incident, it probably took us around probably four or five minutes to get there from our fire station. So it was, it was a quick response time, to be honest. And so you come away from an incident like that, you've obviously done a brilliant job. Um, rescuing a woman and her, and her two dogs. Um, do you allow yourself time as an individual or a watch to reflect on what you've done? Uh, yes, we do. Um, we will, quite a lot of the time we have uh, hot debriefs actually at the incident. So everybody who attended the incident will stand around and say, uh, including other agencies like the ambulance, uh, police, and uh, if there's any senior uh, fire service officers that's turned up and we'll have a chat about the incident um, what went well what sort of things we could learn from um, so that's done as a as a whole uh, and then when we are back on the appliance probably driving back to station straight after the incident we'll all be talking about what's happened uh, what, what we thought was good uh, that we did so we do we do have a chat about it, and we probably chat about it, particularly an incident like that. We'll we'll even talk to other watchers that that come on to shift. So everybody's always interested if they've had a rescue, uh, particularly a house fire, uh, or if, if it's been a, a, a particularly uh, what's the word a, an interesting road traffic collision. So we always share stories and all try and learn from it really. And do you, do you allow yourself a moment to feel good about what you've done? Uh, I think, it's a very good question. <laughs> um, I think we'd, we feel, we must feel good at the time. I certainly felt good at the time. Once I knew that that woman was out of the property, felt great. Then there was a bit of a curveball with the dogs to be honest, so then that's back to frantic mode. Um, but once the incident was was done, and people say how well you did, I suppose that that does sink in a little bit, and that much praise. I I praise my my crew because I want them to know that they have done a good job, and I think that that builds people's confidence, especially seeing as we've got a relatively young crew here as well. So that that was probably one of our firefighters' first rescues. From a from a house fire, so as someone with um, a bit more experience, what um, what do you say to sort of a newer 
member of the team who it might be their first first job. I'll always praise them for what they did. Uh, always promote the element of teamwork and how important the teamwork is because there was a lot going off at that job um, and you can often get a little bit task focused so if you're in the back and you're, you're a new firefighter and you're wearing breathing apparatus in your mind it is right I'm going to put on my breathing apparatus I will go in we will gain entry through the front door I will put out the fire I'll bring the person out that wouldn't have worked in this case so I'll always try and say can you see why we did that we needed to get that person out of that property us putting water on that fire would have created more smoke that would have driven upstairs into that bedroom where she was uh, so showing them the the mindset that yeah you've just come out of our training school it's a very good intense 13 week training course but you haven't got a real human being at a window suffering from smoke inhalation that needs to get out it's not it's not a training environment anymore so yeah i try and impart that sort of that sort of thinking really is it the kind of thing you imagined you'd be doing when you when you signed up yes i imagined i would be doing more of these sort of incidents uh than then we do actually attend. They they come round a lot less often now, which is which is good. Uh, due to a lot of the good work that fire services do with promoting uh, home safety visits, fitting of smoke alarms, um, going out into schools and giving advice to children, and uh, working with partner partner agencies like to get into properties with the elderly and things like that. Uh, so. The job has changed significantly from when I joined 12 years ago and our focus has changed as well. But it still shows that these incidents do happen and we are we are required to to be attending and saving and saving people from from property fires. It can still happen whether you've got smoke alarms or not. Thank you to Adam for providing such a brilliant insight into the work of him and his colleagues. If you enjoyed it too, please give us a five-star rating on iTunes or share the link with people you know. It will really help others to find our series and hear the incredible stories of our frontline staff. We'll see you next week.